Listening to The Holistic Voice with your hosts, Austin Vitaliano and Jordan Reynolds. Welcome back to The Holistic Voice, episode two. We are your hosts, Austin Vitaliano and Jordan Reynolds. And we just wanted to talk about how excited we were to see the, the response and the support for our first episode, our launch party. All the people that messaged us and talked to us after our Facebook Live video, we're so excited to start this community of vocalists and uh, continuing this along with our second episode. We got a really sweet message from Madeline. She uh, messaged me in on Facebook and said, Hey, Austin, just listen to the podcast, and I wanted to say that you and your friend Jordan seem to be making an amazing resource for singers. As someone who didn't complete a voice major, but is pursuing opera and classical voice as a career, I'm definitely looking forward to more episodes. Again, great job with the podcast, Madeline. Thank you so much, Madeline, for writing in and letting us know what you think of the podcast. Everybody listening in, please let us know what you think. Please let us know any stories that you have about your college experience or what you're thinking about going into your degree for music. Yeah, I love stories like that because... That might not be the typical path to be an opera performer, so I'd love to keep up with Madeline and see how that's going with her and, you know, have unique stories like that. Absolutely. Last bit of housekeeping, Rachel, uh, thank you so much. We we had our winner for our very, very first giveaway, uh, the Belt Box, which is that mobile vocal dampening device, and uh, we did our random number generator, and because... Rachel uh, signed up for our newsletter. She actually won that prize. So Rachel, I will be sending that over to your address so you can test that out and let us know what you think of the vocal dampening device that Belt Box. Thanks again. So Jordan, what do you have for us this week? So this week I want to focus on vocal technique and artistry in performance. So I would say technique is your ability to perform on Broadway eight shows a week, week after week. And your artistry would be your ability to captivate the audience each performance. So as vocalists, we're usually thinking about a million and a half things while we're performing. If we're in a show, we might be thinking about uh, what our character is thinking, um, what we're doing in relationship to other people that are on stage, singing in a different language if we're in an opera. So there's a lot. Maybe we're at an audition panel and someone's looking down or writing something. I know that always terrifies me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I must have done something wrong if they're writing something down. Right. Or you're, you're trying to um, think about your pianist at the same time because you probably just met with them five minutes before. And that's not the tempo that you're taking and trying to handle that by also... <laughs> you know, trying to perform well in front of these judges for the first time, they're seeing you. Yeah, I definitely understand. There's a million things that can go through you. I, I know I have so many stories about uh, what I'm thinking about on stage. Is there a particular one you love to talk about, Jordan? Yes. Um, there's one that happened quite recently, actually, this oh. summer. Um, I was in a production of Sweeney Todd playing Anthony which was a blast, um, except for the fact that my wife was nine months pregnant at the time. And during the performance, 
she stood up abruptly and walked with purpose to the exit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my gosh, okay. Uh, and like we knew the risk going into the show because she was already, you know, that pregnant. Um, and I had family in town, but still, it was it was terrifying. <laughs> oh, was she uh, was she okay? Did she come back, or was it that was the moment you, you had to go to the hospital? What happened? Well, thank goodness it it wasn't the time yet. She we ended up having the baby the next night. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> jeez. Well, so that's I'm really curious about that because I've never had an experience like that. I don't know if many of our listeners have had an experience like that. If you have, please, we want to hear your stories and comments. But how did you in that moment? not let your thoughts get the better of you what did what did you do to help yourself um in that moment so in that moment there was really only two things that could have been done i think one was just preparation so i had family in town and i made sure that we would have family in town ready and and able to help and be with my wife so preparing that way and the second thing was focusing on making these artistic choices, the artistry that I'm going to talk about later in the episode. Um, and for me, that's focusing on story. So thinking mm -hmm. about Anthony's character and delivering the story to the audience, making it about them and not me. And I think that that was really yeah. all I could do at that point. And only so much you can really do about that when you're, you're thinking about your child being born, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it's really a testament to your training and um, it's a really similar, you know, across the board to more professional singers and um, people who have done this before. It really falls in line with a lot of training that I, I think you and I have gotten at New England Conservatory, this concept or idea of mindfulness, which is this quality or state of being uh aware of something being uh, it's achieved by focusing your awareness on the present moment while acknowledging or accepting your feelings and your thoughts and your sensations um, so that you can still have a successful performance because I could guarantee you the first performance that I ever had if something that um, crazy had happened I would not have focused my thoughts whatsoever but <laughs> going performance after performance after performance once you begin focusing on your present on your current moment what your character is thinking exactly like you were saying what is my partner doing how can I take the focus off of my individual thoughts and onto the the show itself or the story or the plot that is that is your avenue for success when you're performing um, on stage uh, in front of mm -hmm. so many people. And something that uh, our director in particular at New England Conservatory mentioned a lot, uh, Josh Major, he'd talk about breathing. And it's really funny how often we forget as performers to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a really important thing to think about the character. You just breathe it in. Um, when you take in a breath, take a second and just breathe it in. It, it helps a lot. And breathing in the intention of what you want to be, you know, for that character. Are you, are you starting off excited? Are you angry? How are you breathing in? And what intention do you have moving forward for what you're going to be doing? What is your action? Exactly. Before going on, I want to dispel a myth. So vocal technique and artistry, a lot of people look at them as opposing forces and I want to argue that they are actually a symbiotic relationship, that when you're improving your vocal technique, you're improving your artistry and vice versa. 
So to talk about this, we need to define the terms a bit. So vocal technique is your training, right? And it's making sure your your voice is ready to handle um, everything that's thrown your way. And artistry is your communication with the audience. It's what makes us human. It's the human aspect of singing. Yeah. How 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 are you thinking about your breath? Um, where are you setting up your your intentions for for singing? How are you keeping that buoyancy? Uh, as you're singing through a phrase, those are all questions that you're asking with technique. And then with um, artistry is, you know, what is your action? Um, where is your focus in terms of the scene? Um, what What is your goal uh, for the character? Those are all questions you're asking when you're thinking about vocal artistry. Exactly. I think some people think that if they work on their vocal technique, that they're somehow going to lose their unique voice. I think this is particularly a problem in some contemporary singers, maybe singer-songwriter types, that if they go and they're going to work with a voice teacher, they're going to lose that uniqueness in their voice. And that's it's just not the case. If you're working on your vocal technique, you're going to have more options to, to be able to better express yourself as an individual. And on the, the flip side of that spectrum is we can focus too much on technique and then when we do that, we sometimes lose making artistic choices. And I think that's, that's just, you need to be thinking about that, uh, how you're treating both technique and your artistry as a vocalist. Yeah, you don't want to be that opera singer Parker and Barker looking like a robot and not actually being able to <laughs> have, a, have a good onstage relationship with the person standing right next to you. It's not very believable, is it? Yeah, that's so 1930s. We're over that yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Let's get into our interview with Dr. Reich. This is Dr. Diane Reich from Brigham Young University. I was visiting the campus because that's where I went for my undergraduate degree. And in our discussion, we talked about vocal technique and its relationship with style and artistry. So here's the first clip. I look at style like icing on a cake. Uh If you have no cake, icing is kind of pointless, right? Right. It's unless you really, really like icing, but it's just it's fluff and it's sugar and it's right. Yeah. But if you have a cake, you can decorate it any way you want. And if you have a foundation of technique, you can decorate it or stylize it, whatever you want. And the more you know how to use your instrument, the more options you have, the mm-hmm. more tools in your belt, the more colors on your palette. All of those analogies work. If you only have a hammer and chisel, you're not going to make a very detailed sculpture. Right. But the more you learn how to use all the tools that go with with sculpture in this in this analogy, then you can do the fine details and you know how to use the tools so you can do all sorts of effects. Yeah, I thought that that was a really good point that Dr. Reich put forward because when you have vocal technique, you have a foundation to do many other things. It, it provides a strong, healthy set of vocal cords. Your vocal cords are very tiny and need to be looked after. So the more that you understand how to be aware of what you're doing um, will give you an opportunity to sing for longer. It also gives you more consistency in learning how to sing. Um, It it creates uh, an endurance for your voice and a longevity and exactly how to be successful night after night as opposed to saying, oh man, I'm really on this night, but oh, I really, I just kind of stink tonight not knowing why. And then the third one is the variety thing that she was talking about. You can do more things with your voice and be a more marketable singer. Right. So the next thing I'd like to talk about 
is vocal technique for a classical singer. What it what it takes to really become an operatic singer. What's the difference between a, a good singer and one that has been trained, that's been working on their technique? So here's the next clip from our interview with Dr. Reich. We often get voices that, uh, there's sort of two angles I'm going to take on that, okay? So we, we get voices that are talented voices, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a vocal performance major at most schools, you have some talent. Those that end up uh, being more successful are those that have learned how to work hard and work smart, So they study the voice, of course. They study their languages. They study musical skills and style and internalize those things and apply them to their music. So that's the difference between someone who's professional on the operatic stage and someone who just has talent. Now, if you're talking vocally, what's the difference between having a good voice and um, having a developed voice? Then you're going back to technique right? Um, resonance and acoustics that come, that, that are necessary to sing over an orchestra in an sure. opera house. That's very different than just singing really well with a microphone. And I think that's part of what takes time to develop an opera voice is you've got to learn how to use your body and use your instrument in a way that develops a voice that can sing over an orchestra in an opera house. So technique takes time. We need to spend our time really preparing our technique so that once we're in performance, we don't have to think about technique as much. So what do you think about that relationship, Austin, between vocal technique and being able to make choices on stage? Yeah, I I think that um, what Dr. Reich was talking about in being a smart singer is really important because if you're not able to apply all of the information that you have, you'll just be very intelligent. You'll, you'll be able to speak this information to someone else, but in performance, when you're thinking about, um, you know, what, how are you, how are you setting up your breath? How are you going to be able to sing in front of an orchestra without a microphone? Um, and using the information that you have to your benefit, um, is, is really important, but also how, how to say it in your own words and how to translate it to yourself is really a stopping point between a lot of those um, naturally talented singers and then the professional singers. You know, it's definitely a diligence and it is going in the long term. You're in it for the long haul if you really want to be successful um, as a professional musician. Uh, learning to apply those techniques are crucial. Right. I'd love to say that, you know, Natural talent is a great thing, and it's wonderful if you have that gift of being naturally talented. But if it's not paired with work ethic, a professional long career is is just not in the cards for you. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just something you need to learn is how to to really work at your craft, and that's the vocal technique side is taking the time to really hone your craft. Right. So we've talked a lot about this this relationship between the two. Now I want to focus on once we're in performance, how that balance shifts. So I think, you know, we're always improving as artists and as our technique before the performance, the moment of performance happens. Once we're in performance, though, we have to figure out how to balance all our thoughts, all our doubts, and everything that's going on with, with the performance. Um, so let's listen to this next clip by Dr. Reich. She, she outlines a strategy of how to think about making artistic choices, doing that interpretation, 
and also being conscious of your vocal technique and what you need to do in order to be successful. Ideally, when you go into a performance situation, you are autonomous with the technique you've been working and you are completely absorbed in that performance situation. But few of us are at a place where we never have to think about technique, right? Right. Um, so the analogy I use uh, is there a while ago there was um, a, a TV system. I never had it where you could watch. You'd have one channel on the big screen and then you would have a little box at the bottom with another channel. And you could see when is that commercial over? I can go back to that program oh, or something. Okay. It's kind of like FaceTime now. That's yeah. our analogy now. You see the big picture on FaceTime, but you see yourself down there. And yeah. you can't help but you keep checking yourself, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you keep saying, do I look weird? Can they see what I'm doing? Am I still there? Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So in a performance situation, that's the percentage I like to give them. The majority of what's going on in your brain and in your visualization is your scene. It's your interpretation. It's your, situ- your emotional situation, your, you know, whatever you need for expression. And then every now and then you're going to like check into that little tiny box of technique. Yeah. Like, how am I doing? Is my breath feeling okay? I'm feeling kind of funny right here. I need to. And then you go back to your scene. Mm -hmm. I think that's more realistic than you're 100% in your your setting, which still should be the goal. But it, it just doesn't happen very much that we're able to completely rely on our technique is being set done right right yeah so that's that's sort of my percentage really at a performance place you should be in your scene but your brain's going to just check in every now and then so i absolutely love that analogy of facetime thinking about vocal technique as the little box and the person you're talking to as you know your interpretation um, communicating with the audience i think it's a really good way to look at it um Austin, what are your thoughts on this analogy, and do you think it's effective? Yeah, I think it it definitely is. I think the secret to a lot of professional singers is understanding how important vocal technique is, and then you you create such a habit of success, uh, a habit of consistency with your vocal technique that it then becomes like it's almost in the back of your mind so that you have so much space to create your own interpretation, to create that focus on someone else, to really react to them and not, you know, like I said, not worry about what this next high note is going to be because you have, again, created this habit, which is your vocal technique. So that I really think is the balance between the two. Once your vocal technique is good, it then goes out of the way. It is just as an, an access tool for everything else. Yes, that's perfect. Because, you know, that's the fun part that, like Dr. Reich said, it's we want to be communicating with our audience. We want to be focusing on the human aspect of it. And the technique is really what's going to be building us so we have the ability. It's the, it's the vehicle that drives it. But we want to be able to, to deliver a message to the audience. And so once we're in performance, we don't want to be thinking about um, all the little technical details of how we're going to deliver that message. We just want to be delivering the message. <laughs> yeah. I, all the time, my undergrad, I, I got so upset at uh, directors because they're like, focus on the story, focus on this. And I didn't understand why. They were just getting angry because I was 
I had this blank deer in the headlights stare because I was thinking about my technique all the time. Yeah. So because <laughs> opera's hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard. Performing's hard. You're thinking about something, but you know, like like you're saying, you know, it is a vehicle for you to be yourself and and for you to let your um, your true self be seen. You know, so it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So once you're there, you know, drive the car. Stop thinking about what's under the hood. Yes. Yes. And one thing that really helps me with that is to focus on story. And that's kind of how I want to end this episode is that concept of just thinking about the story. There's so many other things that get in the way. Like think about what you're communicating to the audience. Because if it's like, oh, crap, I really messed that up. Or please accept me. I'm really (laughs) nervous. Um, People are going to tune out. Think about the story you're telling. You want to focus on the story that you want to communicate with the piece. When you focus on that, it's a lot easier to tune out your self-doubt, your distractions, and even thinking about technique if you start to overthink that. There's this app called Headspace that I have not used that much, but there was a really great analogy that I heard on it that I'd love to share with you guys because I think it's, it's applicable in this situation. He talked about thoughts being like cars on a highway and knowing that these thoughts are going to happen you know you might be trying to focus on breathing in meditation but then you have all these thoughts come up his point was don't go running into the highway after the thoughts you can get too carried away in those thoughts or you can get angry that you've been trying to focus on breathing and instead you're just thinking about all these different things and it can be frustrating same way in singing you could be thinking about all these doubts and getting frustrated Or you messed up a high note, and oh, what do you do from there? And what I would like to say is just gently bring your mind back to story. Yeah, They always talk about gently bringing your mind back to breathing. But if you can do that, you know, thoughts are going to happen. Let them happen. They'll just be there. And just think about story. Just bring it back. That's really going to help with performance. And it's, it's helped me a ton. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Austin, do you have any strategies to help you stay in the moment while you're performing? Um, all I would say is, uh, for our listeners, whether you're a singer or not, I want to say that where you sit affects your perception. That can be said in a, in a variety of situations, but we'll put it on the stage format. If you're an audience member and you've sat and seen a performance, you know, you're, you're smart. Audiences are very smart. They can tell a vibe of a singer the second that they look at them, body language, etc. When you're on stage and you're thinking about all those things, the audience members don't know that. And that's what you have to keep in mind. So what you're giving off depends on what you're thinking about. So exactly like Jordan was saying, having this mindfulness, having this mental state that focuses your awareness on the present moment while acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging your thoughts, and then allowing your technique to do what it's doing so that you can have that artistry, That is your most important goal when you're trying to meld this technique and artistry as a performer. Right. And what's going to make you better is just doing it more. So especially if you're in school right now, make your own performance opportunities. Get out in front of people and continue to hone your craft of performing. Get in front of as many people as you can. It's really the only way you can grow is to just keep performing. So if you don't have any performance opportunities right now, Go make them. Get out there and find some people to listen. Yeah, go into a practice room. Say, hey, can I steal you for a second? I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to listen and do. they would do the same for you. Definitely. Big thank you to Dr. Reich for being on the episode today. 
and for all of you for listening in. Be looking for the blog post on www.theholisticvoice.net slash blog and comment on this week's episode. We want to hear about your performance opportunities and your experiences thinking about technique and artistry and how you stay in performance. So thanks for listening. Um, thank you. Thank you so much to everyone for, who's been commenting in, especially on all of our social media. Keep doing so. We want to give you shout outs. We love to hear your stories. And uh, we want to continue engaging with our community because this is for you. You know, this is for you. This is the information that we have. And we want to hear from you, too. So, yeah, thank you so much. Great episode, Jordan. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. See ya.